bland food, bland family, that needs more salt. Join Nancy and Mary as they discuss family flavor and the theme that brings them all together on this week's episode of Needs More Salt. So, what did you put in your mouth this week? I put lots of things in my mouth this week, but I bet you'd like to know what I thought was really good that I put in my mouth. Preferably. I mean, yeah. I don't care personally, but some people might care. Actually, everything I put in my mouth was pretty good this week. Um, two, three things, real quick. Three things stand out. So one is I did, oh, no. Okay, wait, I'm going to change it. I'll still, I'll still just stick it to like stick to three things. But the one was, I think the last time we recorded, I said that I had to leave or not had to leave, but we were going to go afterwards and we were going to have a bonfire. Yeah. And so we did, it was super fun. And I had made that chocolate cake and everyone loved it. It was hilarious to see the kids because there were a bunch of kids that were here. Oh, Um, why? Never mind. It was well. No, it was really cool. It was um, Emily's godmother and her children, who are oh, nice. also the wife of Ani's cousin, and her and the kids. So Ani's cousins, basically Ani's cousins. Yes, cousins. Not basically. Or would it be like cousin-in-law? No, you would just call them cousins. Cousins. Okay, so cousins came, and and there were kids that were. Let's see. Abby was the youngest, obviously, and then the oldest was 13. And needless to say, my chocolate cake was a hit with both children and grownups. Um, so that was fun. But then um, the we did barbecued sausages over the fire, and they mm-hmm. brought like three different kinds of sausages. And there is a, spe- a Czech specialty that is called sh- Oh, I want to say schnectady, and that's so not right. Hold on. I have to look it up. While I, I look it up, I'll tell you. You don't care. No, you do care because these sausages I do care. were like no, no, no. the I just best Don't, don't say anything wrong <laughs> in a different language, please. Try- oh, that's true. I won't say it wrong. <laughs> and I'll just say it wrong in English. But it was these sausages, and you cut them a certain way. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but you cut them, you like slice them about two inches on each end in half and then in quarters. Okay. Okay. Ah, There, that is it. It is spekaki. Hmm. Maybe say it the other way. Nope. It is spekaki. That is actually the. Spekaki? Yes. Yes. Spekaki. Okay. Oh, Spikachki. Sorry, Spikachki. That's the right. Thank the right you. Word. I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, because but... there's two. Because there's two hot chucks. So okay. it's Sp- Spikachki, and this Spikachki, it's they're they're shorter and fatter, and you cut them at the end, and then when you when you grill them, they curl like little pigtails at the end, and they and they taste amazing i i don't even know they were just it was so good and then it was really cute because ani's cousin was like here use this mustard with it because it's oh really, yeah you have it's to have really good so we had like mustard and then and then the rolik which are the roliki which are the the kind of they're like breadsticks sort of but they're czech breadsticks so they're amazing oh yeah and you, yeah you skewer you skewer those and you toast those and you have them mm. with the spekachki and um it, yeah, needless to say, that was one of my favorite things this week. So that was really, really good. Ani also made a cake for Sunday. I made Greek lamb and Greek rice in salad, which was really good. But then for dessert, we had a sweet potato cake mm-hmm. with cashew butter frosting. Interesting. It was fantastic. It was so good. And so though that was the homemade stuff, and then the rest of the homemade stuff was really good this week too. But today I had my very first try of a vegan quiche, which sounds weird, maybe. Actually, How can you make a totally quiche weird. vegan? Quiche has egg. It well, this one didn't. They use like tofu and stuff, and so it's it not was a from quiche. the. It was. It was still a quiche. It just didn't have eggs. It was a vegan quiche. And it had a crust. And it had like a layer of, I don't know what it was. 
um, veggie cheese maybe. I don't know. But then it had like pumpkin and um, not chunks of pumpkin, but it was like pumpkin and tofu and stuff. And, and then pumpkin seeds on top, the pepitas on top. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. I was really surprised. And it was from what Ani calls the healthy shop, which is basically like uh, in, in the States, it would be like natural grocers or, um, something like that, but it was, it was baked. Just like the, the like organic, like whole foods almost. Yeah. Like whole foods, but really tiny. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe just, we could call it like half foods. No, I'm kidding. But it was, um, yeah, it was really, really good. And I was so shocked because Annie picked it out for me and she goes, she goes, what do you think? And I was like, well, I'll try anything once. So, it was, but I was like, I would have it again. It was that good. So those are the, those are, those are a few of the deliciousness. Good. Yeah. So those are what I ate this week. And the, the, that sounds good. as good as the vegan quiche was, there's no way it compares with the spekotchki. With the sausage, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm honestly yeah. glad that you said that because, as as good as it sounds, it, it the sausage sounds better. Oh, you'd love it, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so many people. When I was making it, I was like, oh, there are about twelve people right now that I wish were here, enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. So anyway, that was super fun and good. And what about you? Yeah, because I have no idea uh-huh. like, what you ate this week. Well, what have I eaten this week? <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, you do realize that we do record this and that you should, you know, have an idea while, while you are eating during the week that you mean. I mean, I should, but that's not going to happen. So <laughs> I've had good things, I think, this week. Um, it's kind of just getting home from the trip and then getting into the swing of work again and like having to make lunch and take it with me um, has just been kind of like, Oh yeah, Uh I have to do that now. (laughs) Um, Well, let's see on Saturday. It was this you're going to just laugh at me. I work was kind of a rough, rough day. So it was really beautiful. After mass on Saturday, I came home and got changed, put on my swimsuit, and I went to the beach for the afternoon, which was quite lovely. But I picked up Chick-fil-A on the way. Okay. And had Chick-fil-A for dinner. And that was honestly really good. There's something about Eating it on the beach. I just think the beach makes everything taste better. Because you're enjoying the sun and the waves and it's quite nice. But the I've sand, been really the sand in your the sand in your food. The sand in my chicken, you know. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but I've been really enjoying the I think I told you about this last week, but the thing that Lizzie brought me, um, the elderberries. Yes. Flower mm-hmm. syrup. Mm-hmm. It's been so good. I've been having a lot of that this week. And then actually, as we are speaking at the moment, I am making some dumplings that I'm very excited for. They are pork dumplings um, with like some shredded carrots, Napa cabbage. And I just put like a bunch of different sauces in there to make it taste good so i'm gonna actually have these for dinner i'm very excited for them it sounds fantastic and then yeah i haven't had like a ton but i am planning um to make tomorrow a peach cobbler because peaches are in season or it's like it's just starting to be peach season okay and so Sophie and I are going to have dinner um, and we have invited a couple people over to come have dinner with us. So I'll talk more about that next time, but it was really, I'm really excited um, because the peaches are really beautiful. And I actually went to a farmer's market today. Oh, and I got, 
a new one or the same one that like you and I went to when I was there? No, it's a new one. So this one's in Ada. <gasps> okay. Um, it's got pretty much the same kind of thing. It's smaller than the, I mean, the one we went to is the big like market in town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I kind of needed the peaches so that I can make the cobbler tomorrow morning. Right. Okay. Um, but I'm very excited because I absolutely love peaches. And so now that it is officially peach season, I'm going to go to the markets more often. Um, I would love to go like peach picking, but I don't know if there are any you pick peaches. Okay. So I will tell you how that it would turns be super out fun. next week. Okay. So are you doing um, a crumble? Are you doing a crumble, a crisp, a pan dowdy? What do you? What, I what? haven't decided yet. Okay. Because um, I mean, now that you're in the Midwest, maybe you need to do a pan dowdy. Maybe, but I was thinking probably just like a cobbler, or okay. maybe like a peach dump, which sounds so bad. I don't know who named that. I know, but it is what it is, and it's um, yum. And it's so delicious, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's going to have to be gluten-free because the people coming to dinner can't have gluten. So, Oh, then maybe you should go with a crisp. Maybe. I don't know yet. I will let you know what I make and how it turned out. Or you could just serve the peaches. Maybe like cut them in half, peel them, cut them in half, stick them in a champagne glass, and pour champagne on them or, or bubbly wine. I would have to go get that. Okay. So it's probably just easier to make a cobbler. <laughs> okay. Although I do have a recipe that I'd like to try out for grilled peaches. I love Where you basically peaches. just mm. cut them in half and then grill mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And put like a little bit of vanilla ice cream inside. Or yogurt or creme fraiche. Yeah, except it's easier to find ice cream what is that I can that- have. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I, I forgot you're in Europe. I forgot you're in the States. I know. It, uh, I wish. Sorry. Anyway. So sorry. Yes. Anyway. So, yeah, that's what I'm kind of – we're doing this in the middle of the week, so it's kind of hard to like, hmm, what did I have this week even though we just talked about what I what we ate? That is true. That is true. Um. But I did make, and this is was really yummy. I when did I make it? Last Friday, I think. I made some miso soup. Ah, because it's I'm like it's a really good dish for Friday, and I can have it with either on its own or with some rice or whatever. But that was really good. I made the dashi, and then. Um, just used that as my base, threw in some tofu and some um, of the, my brain, what is it called? The seaweed, basically, is what it is. Okay. Um, the nori? Well, it's not nori, it's... Oh, kombu? Kombu? Is it kombu or is it the other one? I your guess is, is mine. So there idea. are two that you use. One is to make the dashi itself, and then the other one you actually oh. put in the soup. I think, I think the kombu is the one that you make the soup with. Okay. But I don't know for sure because I've only seen, I mean, I, I've I only just, seen it being made. I've never made it myself because I, I would wouldn't just have like to it. look at the package. <sighs> okay. Honestly, I think you might like it because it doesn't taste fishy. Oh, okay. Then I would try it. Like it tastes mostly, it tastes like miso, which is probably good since it is. Which I would love that miso. Me so happy that you made that. uh I'm gonna delete all of that. That you made that soup. Ah, then miso be sad. (laughs) (laughs) No, that doesn't work at all. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, cool. That's it. Okay. And we're back. We are, and all I'm thinking about is the Spritachki. Yeah, that does sound really good. Yeah, I need to stop, though. Healthy, healthy. You need healthy sometimes. I mean, have that with some salad. There you go, healthy. (laughs) 
You're welcome. <laughs> Problem solved. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our TED Talk. That's right. Join us next week. <laughs> uh, so Mary and I were talking, and we realized, actually, she realized, I didn't realize because she's smarter than I am, uh, that we actually have never introduced ourselves. So maybe we will do that today. <laughs> what do you think, Mayor? Yeah, a little, a little, I guess, <laughs> rabbit trail from the traveling um, yes. episodes, which next week tune back in because we will be interviewing, actually, I think my lovely sister-in-law um, who has done so much traveling in her life that is, I honestly forget sometimes that she's done it all. So anyway, um, yeah, I was just, I was listening to another podcast and in his first episode, <laughs> the host of the podcast like introduced himself and like, like this is my kind of my life. And I was like, hmm, maybe we should tell people that. We should, because what is this like the 16th episode? <laughs> It'll be our 18th actually. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so we've been doing this a while and I'm like mm, maybe it's time maybe it's time so Good. maybe we'll get more listeners there we go um mom do you want to start with just kind of do you want that are we going to interview each other what sure okay so Nancy <laughs> thank you for joining me today <laughs> oh dear okay. um <laughs> so I guess tell me a little bit about your history with food, like family history a little bit, and then how it grew into what you do now, both in like this podcast and also just in your life. Like how did food become such a part of your daily activities? Other than the fact that you need to eat to stay alive. I mean, yeah, other than the fact that you should probably not just starve okay. in your right. entire life. Well, I will try to give you probably... I will. I'll, I'll cut you off. Don't worry. Good. Thank you. I was like a Reader's Digest version, sort of, kind of. Um, yeah, food's always been part of, uh, like, a huge part of our family. Uh, my family growing up, my family with the kids and my husband, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it what continues is... on, if that makes sense. But yeah. were you going to ask me a question? I was. I was going to just ask, like, what is your family background? Like, what kinds of foods did you eat as a kid? Yeah. So we have, and I think we've talked a little bit about this, but I come from kind of, I we consider it a multi-ethnic background, which is awesome. We're uh, mutts, we're, basically. We're pretty much mutts, but, well, the kids, are, the kids are more mutts. Mutt. The kids, the kids are more mutt than even I am, but True. I, so I have, um, here we go. I have Syrian and, um, Austrian and Scottish and English on one side, my mom's side, my dad's side is Sicilian and Croatian. Okay. Okay, yeah, if you go back far enough, Greek. And so it's all the, so it's all of those put together. So some Mediterranean, some um, Germanic, some, yeah, so it's, so grew up eating a lot of Italian Sicilian food, a lot of uh, Syrian, Syrian slash Lebanese because of how Nana learned to cook, but Syrian mm-hmm. food. Um, we tried everything. My my great grandma was a restaurateur and owned, I think, four different restaurants in her life. Um, she did. Nana, yeah, she owned four. She owned, I think oh. she owned she owned one or two in Detroit, and then um, oh. the one the one in Hollywood, and then they owned a small one. And I don't know if it was her aunt Rosie, but they owned a small one up in Oregon when they moved up to Oregon. I didn't Albany. know that. Yeah, guys, they had a small one in Albany. With me. And so, so she, yeah, so she was an amazing cook and baker. And so that's my mom's grandma. And then her dad, my mom's dad was a fantastic cook. Uh, My, like all of my grandparents, all four of my grandparents could cook. And my grandpa, my dad's, my dad's dad was a butcher. 
So he had that skill. And then when he retired, he also did like catering. Um, so I, I have never not been around good cooking and good food and, you know, amazing parties and celebrations and family gatherings. And it's always been a huge, like a center kind of, Mm -hmm. of what gathers us together as a family. And, and yeah. And I think it continued with, with when I got married and had the, when we had the kids and now that we've got a couple of grandkids and it's still like food is still like a huge deal. And is it? Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. Um, is it like, this is going to sound maybe kind of weird, but for you, is it just about like the food itself? No. And like cooking or is it more like the community and the parties you have and the people you invite over? Yeah. I think is that where your, your love of food comes more like, cooking for others and the community build around it. No, I, I, yeah, I would agree that it's like, that was a question. The second, (laughs) sorry. The answer would be yes to the second part of the question. I think, um, sorry, your brother popped in for a second because I'm actually sitting in his office. He was like, go go record in my office. And it's great though, because it's like quiet and very like, it's almost soundproof. So oh, it's God. really low. It's good, really good. good. Yes. Anyway. And it's got a, a nice view. Anyway. Um, so the, it's, it's always been, and I just go back to like grandma Batalo specifically, my, my dad's mom, it was always about the community. It was always about gathering people together and mm-hmm. blessing people with food, whether, whether it mm-hmm. was having a get together or whether it was taking a meal or whether it was like being willing to learn something cooking wise from somebody else, okay, you know, like a different culture, like a neighbor who's, who was from, you know, I, they had a neighbor who was from the Philippines and she oh, taught, man. she taught grandma and I, it was when I was little. And so I can remember like getting to have, you know, different foods that she cooked and just all these different things. And this was on like all sides of my family. Mm-hmm. It was always, so the gathering part, the community part was always more important. And I just, that's the, the way I have always felt is the, the food, food didn't have, didn't hurt. Right. No, the food was, an, was the food has been, and is still to this day, an integral part of this mm-hmm. because there is something that is very evening. Okay. Evening, not evening, but evening out. Oh, God, that sounds weird, but like it evens out people. Food, when you sit around a table and you're eating and you're chatting and you're getting to know each other, you know, even if it's just like silly things that you're talking about that don't, you know, maybe surfacey things, we'll say instead of silly things, but surfacey things, there's still something that like, you're going to open up a little bit more if you're sharing good food or, and a glass of wine or a, beer, <laughs> or a few glasses or, of wine, you know, yeah. Or, you know, anything else that you, you know, and it doesn't have to be so alcohol, it like, of course, but does that make sense? In, in. Like an equalizer, if I, if, if I guess I'm, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Understanding what you're saying, it's like the, when you're gathering around, well, no, here, I'm going to say it like this. Food is the, I don't want to say tool, but that's the only well, I guess it's a mode of communication and it relaxes you. So yeah. then you're able to not be as tense and as like, I don't know, not uptight, but that's the word I'm thinking of <laughs> as you would on a daily basis where you're just like, okay, you know, we're all doing the same thing and we all have to eat this food and it's great. Well, it is. And it's like, even, even being here in the Czech Republic, where there's definitely a language barrier, mm-hmm. we sit around every day at, because their big meal is lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So, so we sit, I should say our big meal is lunchtime because I'm here. Um, but 
it's like we sit around the table every day at lunch and we talk and sometimes Ani or Josh will interpret, but a lot of times it will be Google translate <laughs> on my yeah. phone and, and we will chat about what's going on in the day or talk about different things, you know, and it's just, it's fantastic because I'm thinking we're enjoying this meal together. We're sitting around, you know, and then the evening I love even more because mm-hmm. the evening, the evening is generally people just get what they want food wise so it could be it could be leftovers. It could be uh, Yerji tonight had like cheese and bread and apples, you know, a very Yerji meal. Mm-hmm. And asked and invited Dad. Well, he invited me and Dad to have a glass of wine, which I did not because I'm trying to be not <laughs> drinking quite so much wine. Um, he but, does love his wine. Yes, he does. And Dad, you know, Dad had a glass, and like we just sat there. We didn't even talk. We just all sat a, there, and it you... was just. Would you say that like food in a certain way is like the universal language? That oh gosh, that's so much better. Yes, let's say that because the equalizer <laughs> sounds lame. It's what I said equalizer. earlier. I am um, the equalizer. <laughs> whatever you can. Be, this burrito is an equalizer. But, but like it's because everyone. Yeah, it's whether a it's familiar yeah. to you or not. Like you still need to eat food. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. still brings you together. Mm-hmm. And everyone has their own kind of food. But like when you gather together, you share in a language that you all know. Yeah. And I have I have loved, I mean, we'll go back even when I was little. I've always loved to cook. I've mm-hmm. always loved to, I, I hate to say the word entertain. I mean, I have always loved to entertain, but not necessarily that- at dinner. <laughs> but I, I have well, always but- enjoyed bringing to people, bringing people together. Yeah, to it's eat. like you enjoyed hospitality. There we go. That's better than entertaining. Because when I think of Which- that, I feel like I should have tap shoes on with my, that you know, cooking. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to go there. Exactly. But you know, but cooking, like I've always wanted to be a cook of some sort and how has that kind of I mean I I know obviously I know you so um, I know this answer a little bit but how has that kind of played out in your life like you're not a chef no I am not a chef no matter what your father tries to tell me um like did you want to become a chef no I I wanted was that ever a what did you want to be when I was little? Well, having to do with food, I wanted to be a. I want. <laughs> you're gonna think this is so lame, but I really wanted to be a TV cook, like a TV chef. Like I Emerald? wanted to do no, like Julia Child. Julia Are you Child? kidding? There was no Emerald. I mean, he was around, but he there wasn't. Was no there was em- no. But he no, I mean, the me. only the only TV the only TV chefs when I was little were Julia Child that I knew of were Julia Child. So you and, wanted to be another and Julia Graham, Child. And Graham Kerr, who was the Galloping Gourmet. And Okay. And that was it. And I just I mean, Grammy tells stories about how when I was tiny that I would play in the bathtub and I would pretend that I was doing a cooking show. That's really cute. And that when I was a little bit older, and this I remember myself, but I would do when I was like probably you know eight or nine or whatever I'd wash dishes and pretend that I was doing a cooking show and try to do Julia I mean Child I guess and try to good... do try to do Julia Child's voice I guess that's a good way to get kids to do the dishes well it was me it was all me. it was like it was my job to do the dishes sometimes and so when I would tr- help to do the dishes it was yeah and I used to do that out like we I would make mud pies and stuff and then try to like sell them so, to my family. Less less of your child yes. ambitions of being Julia Child. <laughs> um like how did that how does that play in even now, but like now? especially when we were younger? Yeah. How did you did we just have a lot of parties? Did you I just I just think Did you get paid was... for cooking? Uh did I? Yeah, actually. 
I have to I mean, think besides about it. in your love and affection from your children. Well, yeah, but no, I did some, I actually did, um, I did some, my brain, sorry. Um, I did some personal chefing. Okay. For, uh, for a couple of years for some, for a couple of families, um, which was really fun. And I, yeah, I actually, they paid me, which was awesome. And then I have done like lots of wedding catering for friends and, mm-hmm. um, with usually with dad and you guys, as you know, for um, slaves, basically, yeah, basically. Um, and which is, you know, that part's always really fun. And then we've done like when we were at Salem Alliance church, we did a bunch of, um, high school fundraiser dinners where they were like six, six course. What were they? Five course dinners, five course dinners, something like that Yeah, for like, for like 700 people, you know, at the time, at a time. And then at now at St. Joseph's, we do the thing dad and I do the Thanksgiving dinner that we're in charge of. And I do the funeral receptions. And so, yes, part of that is like getting paid or whatever, but mostly it, it again, and you mentioned the word hospitality and that's what it comes down to for me. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to two things. It comes down to, we have been blessed so much. I have been blessed personally. I have been blessed so much. And my goal is to be a blessing to others in whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Also gifts and using the gifts and talents that you've been given. Uh-huh. And, and it's like, this is a gift and talent that I definitely, you know, I, I don't take credit for it. You know, I, I think that it's just one of those things. So anyway, yeah. So it's all those things put together. So it's all, it's all wrapped around the hospitality and, and wanting to make people happy by eating good food, you know, and, and, and if you, if you could go back, (laughs) always that question, do you think you would pursue a professional career in cooking or do you think that would take the joy out of it for you? No, I thought about this a lot because dad and I've talked about this and I, I could see myself doing something. I don't think I'd want to work like just in a professional, regular professional kitchen mm-hmm. um, just because they're, they're not always the healthiest place to work in. No. Um, and I don't know if I could have the influence I could have the, that I have now. Yeah. Um, and I just feel, I just feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like the only other thing that I would have probably liked to have done is I would have liked to have been able to somehow learn what I know now earlier in my life. When okay, it comes that makes to, when it, when it comes to every, well, when it comes to everything, but especially, you know, talking about hospitality, talking about cooking, you know, mostly the cooking part, it would have been yeah. really fun. Cause I, I feel like I, I have a really good knowledge, but it would have been great for me to like, be able to really have that same knowledge when I got married to dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what has been, and this can be a few people, I would say maybe. Let's limit it to two, just because I know you like to talk. Sorry. Um, who has been the biggest influence in creating your style of cooking? Wow. That's a really hard question. I, cause I, I just want to kind of say like my whole family, like all my, my all my grandparents, but okay. I don't, but I don't. So can we do like the grandparents <laughs> as one? Yeah, totally. Okay. And then, and then the second one, oh, there's so many chefs and, and, and I love Julia Child, but I'm not going to say Julia Child. Oh man, that's a stumper. <laughs> You're um, welcome. It is. I. You I don't you can know. you can think on yeah, it. Yeah, maybe, I mean, and I may not be able to because there's just too many for me to yeah. narrow it for me to narrow it down. Was to there? Be and this one also might be a little bit of a hard question, so forgive me for the hard questions. But was yeah, there? Who do you think you are, a, Barbara Walters? A moment in your cooking 
where you went from (laughs) basically you went from I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm just following other people's like recipes or ideas to okay I know what I'm doing and this is my food now like you made it your own yeah, I think it's actually when we moved into, I think it's when we moved into the Hayesville house. Okay. So this was the house that we moved into when Mary was just this a was, baby. I was like, like, this is my, you were like two. my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like and my, my childhood there, house. We lived there for a very long time. And it, I think when we moved into that house and I had the gigantic kitchen mm-hmm. and I had a, so many cookbooks. And so many. You still have so many. I do, which I didn't realize. But you have less. But anyway, uh, maybe not. But anyway, we have. I guess and, not with dad. <laughs> and so I, so I think it was then that I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to start. Like I, I can can and preserve things and make things and use a pressure cooker on the stove and do all these things. And I was able to do that. And one. I know this is going to sound totally lame, but one of the hugest things for me was being able to make homemade mac and cheese <laughs> instead of box mac and cheese, which sounds so and Everyone stupid. except David loved it. Yeah, but that was, but it was just such a big deal because it was like, oh, this is fantastic. And, and it was one of those things that it was like, I can, I can do this. And I, I don't think I ever looked back. It was that and, and bread getting to, getting to work with yeast. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeast is definitely its own animal, really. Well, and then starting like entering things into the state fair and winning ribbon after ribbon after ribbon, which is hilarious. And then having, and then having recipes published in cookbooks and mag- and winning awards from magazines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, which sounds like I'm totally like beating my own drum or something along that line, but well, I guess, I guess I am. <laughs> you are kind of, but it is also just like facts like, oh, this happened once I was able to kind of figure out my own yeah. style of cooking. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I'm going to say it was probably, how old am I? Let's say I'm 58. So it was probably, yeah, I was probably around 30. I was like, if it was a little, a little older, thirty-two. When you had me, it'd probably be around that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, then, yeah. what would you, what would <laughs> your your? Because I'm still waiting on you to answer the other question. But darn, I hope I was hoping that we <laughs> could just pass by. What would your advice be to a young? A, not even a young aspiring cook, but a young person who is struggling to to cook, to, mm-hmm. to enjoy, mm-hmm. not enjoy it necessarily, because I know some people just but don't like cooking. To figure it out. Who are trying to figure it out so yeah. that it's easier for them, whether mm-hmm. they're like a young mm-hmm. professional or whether they're a young parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's really important. One of the things is to first figure out what you like to eat. That mm-hmm. sounds so lame, but it's like, if you enjoy hamburgers, but normally, but you go out to do hamburgers, figure out how to make a good hamburger at home. Yeah. And, and find a recipe and follow, uh, and this isn't just young people. This is your dad still. It's like, like this is a lot follow, follow. You know, find a recipe that is from a very trustworthy source. You know, and look at it and be like, okay, read the whole thing. Be like, I could make this, and and don't be afraid, because if you screw up, whatever. I mean, seriously, I have, I have definitely had my times of screwing up recipes before or non-recipes for that matter, as we know. And, um, and so, you know, find that and then make it to the point where you can make it, you know, with your eyes closed, basically. Don't do yeah. that though, because you might burn yourself, but, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then start exploring more. 
but but make food that you would normally enjoy at a restaurant you know learn how to make it it's just most most stuff isn't that hard to make True. i mean if you're going to like super schmancy restaurants and you're yeah. like like if eating, you're going to michelin star restaurants every day maybe yeah, don't just try to make that no but but if you are going just give me a call and i'll be happy yeah. with you just invite us over <laughs> and we'll just interview us we eat dinner yes takeout from the Michelin store. Hey, well, thank you, Nancy, yeah, for this interview. Right. Oh, gosh, um, okay. If you do come up with a question or an answer for that question. Okay. I, yeah. I you will. can go ahead and let try. me know. Actually, um, you know what? It is, it is a hard. I think I, I think I have one. Okay. Okay. And this, this may be controversial because I know he had some issues non-food related and you wouldn't even I don't even know if you know who he is um but there was a chef on tv he was a tv chef on pbs whose name is jeff smith and he was known as the frugal gourmet and his shows were on every saturday from like probably when i was in college up until you guys were i don't know middle school maybe and Whenever I got the chance to watch his stuff, I watched it. I had most of his cookbooks and stuff. And he was the one who kind of was like really opened my eyes because his his cookbooks were really authentic. Mm-hmm. So he had like one that was on like ancient, it was Chinese, it was China, Italy, and somewhere else. I don't remember where the other one was wasn't French but anyway and it was like kind of ancient cuisine and it was it was super cool because some of the recipes are like this is fantastic and then he had one that was like an American cookbook and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. I really appreciated his directions and the stories that came with his cookbook and I I can still like I still have a few of his cookbooks and and I know people would be like ah but he did something wrong, which he did, you know, he probably did whatever, but I'm at the same time going, yeah, but his cookbooks were still really good. So for me, I think, yeah, I think that would probably be, he okay. would be, he would be the one. Him and the grandparents. Him and the grandparents. Yeah. Cool. Who are, who are all one. Who are all <laughs> but, one. But not. The collective so, grandparent. That's right. That's right. So yeah, super cool. Super cool. All right. Now it's your turn. So tell me a little bit about... <laughs> What what makes Mary Keatley in the food world a sphere? The food a sphere? The, in the food a sphere? Maybe I should ask my own question. <laughs> I think you totally the should ask. food a sphere? Like, don't you like that? I thought it was good. No. I'm okay, it was horrible. Okay, so Mary, tell me. <laughs> Even though, yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about about why you love to cook. Um, ha ha ha! That's a big question. I was like, "Yeah, can you can you clarify that?" Yeah, what what makes you want to cook? Besides that, I have to eat. Yes, we've we've, we've um, established that. Yeah, we did. Well, I mean, part of it, right, is what I usually tell people is, well, food's just been a part of my family for so long and part of my growing up and my mom forced me to help her cook (laughs) (laughs) pretty much um so I don't actually know the like moment I was like you know what I really do like cooking and I'm gonna keep going just with like memory loss and all that um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's not like an exact like, oh, this is why I like to cook. But I think part of it is kind of what you said, where it's like, it's just, it's it's the hospitality, it's the being able to cook for other people. Um, but also some of it is, I like certain things and I can't find them everywhere. Mm, yeah. Um, I would say, and I, you can call this tooting my own horn or whatever, um, that I'm a fairly good cook. Wait, I was just going to say, wait, I tooted my horn, you tooted your horn. We're basically a band. Basically. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. But like, I've been told, and I do believe that I am like a, a good cook. Like, I know my flavors well, mm-hmm. and all that. An excellent palate, to be honest. I've got, <laughs> I've got a mature palate. <laughs> I don't know about mature, but excellent anyway. It is mature. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I didn't. I don't know. It, it's so weird because it never was like, it was neither a chore for me to cook, nor was it ever like a necessity. Because you, thankfully, I grew up with you and we cooked together. You would cook us breakfast a lot of times. Um from what I'm told, we would do our own lunches. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we were homeschooled. And so it was, like, easier to do our own lunches when we didn't have to pack them and take them to school. Right. But well, then, you yeah. I would have made you anyway. You would have made us. I know. Um, Resp- but just, like, as, as I grew older, I was just like, oh, cooking's fun. And I... I like it. So that's kind of, I don't know. It's not, that's a terrible answer to that question. But it's just like, it was just something that I did. And I think Mm -hmm. it was just something Mm -hmm. that our family did. And speaking of teaching responsibility, like you would have us kids help you with dinner or when we were old enough to cook our own food, like we would cook dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for everybody and I think it just kind of grew from that of like oh this is just something that you do okay and I think go ahead go ahead I was just gonna ask so when did it kind of move from that because you asked me this question too but when did it move from that into oh I I enjoy doing this and I I want to do it not just for myself but I want to do this for other people in the way I mean, of like I think that hosting kind of, gatherings and stuff. That kind of started with you and like with our family, especially. So you're basically blaming me for everything. No, I'm not blaming. <laughs> because okay. you're the one who taught us how to like, and I don't mean like you sat us down and gave us a formula and a recipe, but you're the one who showed us like what it means to be a good host and how it feels for both yourself and your guests when they're everybody's enjoying themselves and very few people are, I'm just going to say this and everyone can shoot me down in the comments but people aren't going to enjoy themselves at parties if the food's not good so yeah what do you mean everybody's going to shoot you down in the comments isn't that just common sense well some people might be like, well, no, you know, company is still good. But I'm like, if the food's not no. good, you're not going to want to stay. I agree. I was listening to a, <laughs> um, you actually sent me the link for the episode of the one, um, the one podcast that I don't know. You listen to so many that I don't know the name of it. Um, but it was with this woman she was like, yeah, if I go to a wedding or a party or a funeral or whatever, <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the food's not good, then I'm going to take a business call, quote unquote, and go get myself like fast food. That was off. Yeah, that was off menu. Off menu. Yeah. yeah. Which was fantastic, but it's so true. Yeah. So with all that, it was like, I just really liked to have people around and like be able to offer them something that they're going to enjoy. But also when I first started college, I, my degree I was going for was um, hospitality and tourism. I totally forgot about that because I wanted to be a wedding planner and I still would absolutely love to be a wedding planner. Um, (laughs) In your spare time. In my spare time, you know, part-time wedding planner full-time nurse (laughs) um like it's never gone away that idea of maybe it's the um choleric in me speaking too much but like of getting everything ready and 
preparing everything and having it all be planned out just right and being the one to bring about a really beautiful um, like event, whether it's a wedding or a really beautiful party or something. Mm-hmm. And a mm-hmm. huge part of that, and I always tell people that the second most important part of any wedding is the food. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, because the first part is the fact that you're getting married. Very good. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that's exciting. But, like, yeah. it's the food. and Because that's what people are going to remember. Like, some people will remember the flowers if they're into flowers. Or somebody will remember, like, a random detail. But everyone will remember if the food was bad. Just like everyone will remember if the food was good. That is true. So I think that that just kind of was kind of built into me, which sounds super weird. Just as a kid. Yeah. And then continued on now. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what do you have like a, either a cookbook, a specific cookbook, a a specific website or whatever now that we live in the modern age where you have more than just cookbooks um that you is like your go-to for for like every day and then maybe another one that you want to do like if you want to make something special that you know more than what you usually make whether it's baking or cooking because you do both um no Okay, well, that was a... I'm sorry I I asked that question. I'm so boring. Um, I do not blame it on you, but I do thank you for this. (laughs) Where I think because of all the knowledge that has been passed down to me for food, whether it's you or dad or one of my grandparents or great-grandparents, I know... I, it's so weird. I have a vast knowledge of food yeah. where I think for the most part, if you tell me to cook a certain, like an inspired by this country with the flavor palette and things like that, I could pretty much do it on my own. The only thing I can't do that I'm not, would not be confident in at all would be like a fish course. Mm, yeah um if it was fish fish if it was other seafood i would be confident because i've done that Mm -hmm. um but i think just because i've been so exposed to a bunch of different foods and like different events that we've cooked for i just i don't tend to follow recipes which okay may or may not be a good thing um there are some that I will like go to more on it. This is so bad. I try to avoid Food Network if I can. Ugh. Yeah, I do too. Sorry, Food um, Network, but ugh. when it comes yeah, to baking, I mm-hmm. really like um, Sally's Baking Addiction. Oh, there you go. Okay. So I find that her recipes are usually good. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple websites that I do go to more often. Um, one being the Walks of Life. I love their recipes. Which I just um, made this really delicious cucumber salad that they had. It's like a summer cucumber smashed, smashed cucumber <gasps> yes. salad, which was super okay. good. Okay. Um, the other one I like is Foodie Takes Flight. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, and mostly, oh, sorry, I'm currently, as we're speaking, um, folding dumplings. So I am getting upset with this wrapper because it is not behaving. <laughs> um, the, and the reason why, speaking of dumplings, that I go to these is just like they're, like what you said earlier, I I found what I like to eat and they happen to be in that category and Mm -hmm, the recipes that mm -hmm. I found there 
um, are good all the time. Like I haven't found a bad recipe from there. Yeah, I haven't, especially for me, especially walks of life out of the yeah. ones that you mentioned. I really enjoy. They're very authentic. Yeah. And, e- well, and, and when still it comes to fairly baking, easy. Like baking is, I always call baking a science. Whereas cooking is more of an art because you can do a little more free form mm-hmm. with cooking. Mm-hmm. But with baking, because like uh, if you're using yeast or if you're using like baking powder, or baking soda, you do have to be more precise. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with cooking, it's just like, well, I'm going to throw that in and hope for the best. Okay, so we're going to move the time. on. Anyway. That's all right. We're going to move on. I have two more questions. The first okay. question is going to be the same one that you made me answer. And that is up to two different people <laughs> hmm. um, um, who inspires you or inspired you to cook the way that you cook and not just cook, but just like do the whole hospitality thing the way that okay. you do it. The first one is grandpa Aces. <laughs> um, just remembering him. So my grandpa Aces, my great grandpa was legally blind and I remember very, very clearly watching this man take this huge knife and just start peeling an onion. Like, without, really without looking at it. Um, hold on, I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> Get all that pork juice off. Mm, tasty. Yum, yum. <laughs> okay (laughs) anyway so yeah um he's peeling this onion he couldn't see basically anything at this point um and i was just like that's amazing i want to do that but also i just remember Mm -hmm the um, sheer amount of food that he would always cook for us. <laughs> and he, like, Grandma and Grandpa Aces was where we went for holidays. Um, yeah. Hold on. There's not enough room in our freezer. Cool. So we would go there for holidays and it didn't matter what holiday we were celebrating, um, whether it was 4th of July or Christmas or Thanksgiving, but the copious amounts of food and the fact that literally grandpa would do like 95% of it, I think. Mm -hmm. Grandma Mm -hmm. would make some desserts and then you would make something. Mm-hmm. And Grammy would always bring her famous salad. Yes. Um, but he would do that. And then he would just go and sit. Because his job was done. His part of the hospitality was finished. Hmm. And then, like, Grandma would do things. And you guys would yell at us for, you know, being too obnoxious. <laughs> but just, like... He was satisfied doing that and with the people around him. Oh, honey, that's so sweet. And the food that he made. And it was always good. And usually it was his Syrian Lebanese food, Uh which just like grandpa's chicken rice and his green beans and tomatoes is my Mm -hmm. favorite thing in the world. Okay. Um, And then the second one... And you're going to lash at this. But I honestly think the second one is Alton Brown. <gasps> I, yeah, you're not going to have her hear a complaint out of that, out um, of me for that. But I think Alton Brown, just because we watched Good Eats. Oh, gosh, that's right. So much. Like, we watched every episode. Um, whether it was on TV or we would YouTube it or we would find a way to watch it um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you guys 
you know, if anyone out there hasn't seen it, it's a fantastic cooking show. But I loved it because it combined the how to do something with the why. Because he, as he says in one of the episodes, he combined like Monty Python, Julia Child, and um, the science one. What was that? It wasn't Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard? I think it was. Yeah. But he like combined that. So he wouldn't just show us like how to cook this meal, but it was like, here's how to make bread. And then using usually puppets, this is why it's doing what it is. So this is the way the yeast works. This is the science behind it. And for me, back then, I didn't know I had such a like affinity for science that I loved it so much. But I was like, now thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I liked it. That's so funny. I really no. like the science and the and the why. Okay, so we can't say that Food Network is totally evil at all. No, because Alton was that, that was he, yeah, yeah yeah. No, that's well, fantastic. Like, I didn't. I, I didn't say it was evil. I just say avoid most of it. <laughs> that's true. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I think he and just like the playfulness, yeah, that he put into cooking. Yeah, and the honestly the sheer ridiculousness of everything. That is true. Was that is one true. of the reasons why I cook the way I do. Oh, that's and brilliant. just like that put those two together, and there you have me a little bit. Yeah, throw yeah. some Asian flavors in there. There, oh, yes, definitely. Okay, last question. Okay, that was so good. But here's your last one: If you could cook or bake. One item, okay, and cost was no object, okay, what would it be? Like you had all the time in the world, you had all the equipment you needed, whatever, mm. whatever. One one dish, let's say, not one item, that would be ridiculous. One but, dish? Mm-hmm. Like... For the rest of my life or just... No, no, no. <laughs> no. Like, what, what am I itching to make? Like, what would be the dish that you would be like, I've always wanted to make this or I love to make this and I oh, just... Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, can I do a cooking one and a baking one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Why not? I... It's our podcast. Of course you can. True. <laughs> um, I can do what I want. <laughs> oh, no. Uh... So, I think one dish cooking wise that I have wanted to make for a long time, but that also takes a long time and kind of can get expensive mm-hmm. um, is tonkatsu ramen. Ah, okay. Because it's got a lot of different elements in it. And the like, and I don't just mean like a quick version of it. I mean like the authentic, it <laughs> takes like two days to make. That'd be awesome. Um, which someday I would like, I, I do want to make it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's time consuming and I don't have the time okay. to do it. Um, I probably would if I had an instant pot. So add that to the wish list. There you go. Um, but, and there are so many things baking wise that I want to make. <laughs> um, uh, that's hard. Well, but you gave me a good one of the tonkatsu, so. Like, cooking-wise. But, well, baking-wise, like, I really want to do, like, some finer, detailed, like, patisserie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Dad got me the Japanese patisserie book. Oh, And yeah. there are a few things in there that I would really love to make. Um, They do take... Some of them take like specialized ingredients, and the one thing that I'm missing is molds. Uh, okay. So there's like a few things. Like I would love to make like an opera cake, or basically like name something from the Great British Baking Show, and I want to make it. <laughs> um, just like some of the really beautiful small patisserie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. goodies. Okay. Um. But one that I can make that I just am waiting a little bit for a cooler day that I want to try again is um, to make puff pastry. 
and not mm-hmm. just like a rough puff. Okay, full on puff. I made it before and it was good, but I think I didn't fold it enough. So I've always uh, wanted to remake it. Okay. That'd be awesome. So, and that really and truly just um, would take the time. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it does take a hot second. Yes, it does. But, well, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. <laughs> that's, yeah. Now you know us a little bit more. And yes, we wanted to kind of start this podcast um, just to like share our own food journey and our food experiences and And remind everybody that it needs more salt. (laughs) Well, that's the, yeah, that's what I was going to say that that was the needs more salt is because Mary has always thought everything needs more salt and because it usually does. So yeah, no matter where you're at in life. Thanks for joining Nancy and Mary on this week's episode of Needs More Salt. Follow the show on our social media pages and join us next week as we bring flavor to your life.